So my first thing that I ever did, I think I was like 10 years old, was a Toys R Us commercial. And then I started going out for speaking roles. And the first role that I booked was Tropic Thunder at 11. I think as a kid, like I was definitely like blessed with the capacity to uh, to express rage because that character was a pretty feisty kid. You know, he was the villain, the, the drug leader. And I thought that was hilarious. Today in the studio, I have the privilege of interviewing young actor, martial artist, and dumpling enthusiast, Brandon Suhu. After acting in a Toys R Us commercial, Brandon caught his big break at just 11 years old, starring in the mega hit film, Tropic Thunder. He shares with us what it's like to play the iconic role of Tran, the contentious young cartel leader, and spend months living in Kauai, acting and sparring alongside comedy legends, Ben Stiller and Jack Black. He also shares tales from his crazy life journey involving opulent royal weddings in Cambodia, a new anime series on Netflix, and an exciting and unexpected new overseas venture. Tune in as we play a rousing game of new phone who dis, and hear all about how Brandon harnesses and embraces his eccentricities, including his deep-rooted fascination with Cantonese cuisine, reptiles, insects, and the mantis shrimp. Brandon Suhu. Yes. That, I'm really stoked you said that correctly because I get a lot of Soho's. That's or, what I thought, yeah. People uh-huh. switched up like a Suho. Uh-huh. But you've you got your whole life, right? You Just nailed kinda, it. See? I was a yeah. big Yoo-Hoo drinker and it's yeah. of that. Yes. I get the Yoo-Hoo's, the Choo-Choo's. See? All those. So you, you're not new to our studio. That's how we met. You came out here. You guys were looking at this for a possible shoot. And yeah. uh, lo and behold, you had a very interesting background. And I wanted to bring you back to be on the show. So thanks for coming down to Hennessy Studios. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, it's good to see the uh, this amazing setup again. And you guys. So yeah. Thanks for inviting me. So I hear that you have been doing a little bit of traveling since the last time that we met. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about a a trip that you took recently. Uh, I did go to Southeast Asia. Okay. And it's a funny story because it's my friend's cousin who told him he could bring out whoever he wants to go out there. And he's like, hey, my cousin's pretty like uh, well-connected in Cambodia, but, you know, don't have too crazy of expectations. It might be a little bit like a, a... you know, it's a pretty extravagant wedding, but, you know, don't think of it too much. Yeah. And I pulled up to Cambodia. And have you seen the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Like, that's like uh-huh. the easiest, like, anecdote that I could point to. Okay. But it was straight up Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, really? And it was like, I think it was more extravagant than the movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I don't want to, like, hype him up too much because I don't know how much he wants me to talk about his his personal stuff. But he he picked us up in in a crazy car that he just bought just for that day so he could pick us up in it. It was a it was a Rolls Royce. Okay. And because his other Rolls Royce wasn't big enough to fit all of us. Uh-huh. So he got another one just to pick us up at the airport. And this is your cousin. My friend's cousin. Oh, your friend's cousin. And okay. so my friend was like, yeah, like, don't think of it too much. Like, just pull up and don't have any expectations. So, like, I just, like, that was the first thing I saw. So I was like, this is going to be a crazy wedding. <laughs> Did they have, uh, like, everything from Cambodian music to Cambodian food? Yeah. Like, it was so, like, cultural then, the wedding, huh? Yeah, like, uh-huh. the uh, Cambodian equivalent of, like, boys to men was playing. They're like, oh, this is some famous R&B group from the early 2000s. And um, <laughs> they were, like, live streaming the wedding for the country. Okay. Um, the prime minister was there. Huh. All these, there was a bunch of celebrities. It was, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know Cambodian pop culture, but apparently everyone who's cool in Cambodia was at this wedding. So is your 
friend's cousin, like a well-known Cambodian star or something or what? Apparently he is because okay. everywhere that we would go, we would get really special treatment. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like the, I almost felt like every street that we turned down into, like the cars would part like the Red Seas. Yeah. And we would just be able to just like no traffic, just pass right through. Wow. It was crazy. It was just like, I, I've never experienced like that level of special treatment before. That's cool. So just, how long were you there for? Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, one week there, and then I spent one week in Thailand afterwards. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love you, Thai food. No, you know, I've got friends that live there. And mm -hmm. so I'm so jealous when they're posting photos of their lifestyle living yeah. in Thailand, you know? Oh, Southeast Asia is so much fun, man. Mm -hmm. the food is great. Everything is very affordable. It is, yeah. It's, I uh -huh. love being out there. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So it's uh it's interesting that you you're here right because you are kind of like the definition of uh of success when we first came out here. So um you know I've mentioned Whoa. this. Yeah, I've mentioned this on some of my other shows where we brought my son out here and you know he wanted to be an actor, right? Yeah. Child actor and he was 11 years old when he got into it. That's an early age. It was an early age and it's a whole different world than most kids are used to living, right? And Absolutely. so I want to know your story because you were a child actor. You're still young. I think you're our youngest guest on the show up until this point. Mm -hmm. How old are you? I'm 26. 26. Okay. Yeah. And so, well, let's talk about this journey into acting. Like, was it, mm -hmm. I know you're martial arts. Was it martial arts first that got you into acting? Was it acting that kind of got you inter interested in martial arts? Like, yeah. I wouldn't say that martial arts necessarily got me into acting. Okay. But it just so happened to be that my first role that I did uh -huh. included martial arts in it. Okay. So that was incorporated into the audition process. They wanted to see me do martial arts. Okay. So, um, and how long have you been doing martial arts before you got that audition? I was seven when I started training. Okay. And my first role, I was 11. So I was training for maybe like three, four years before my first gig. Three, four years. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. I was like relatively like I could move a bit. I wasn't yeah. like a prodigy or a master by any means, but yeah. I, I could I could move decently. And I, I definitely uh, showcased that in the audition process. Okay. So before that though, so like you don't just get an audition, right? So mm -hmm. first you need to get a headshot. There's a whole strategy to this, right? You yeah. got to get headshots. You got to get an agent, you got to get a manager, you got to get acting classes, right? There's this, all these different layers. Yeah. Sometimes kids get lucky, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just like recognized in CVS and it's like, you have the... You're the next Leonardo yes, DiCaprio. Right? That's what every kid's dream is. Just yeah. getting... I still walk into CVS hoping that I get recognized, I would, right? Like, I you would, know, I like, like you see? can sell... I would put you in front of a Porsche. This gentleman, you're the new face of sports automobiles. There it is. You just got scouted. Yes. <laughs> so there had to be like, somebody had to say, I want to be an actor, right? I mean, so like, and then you go get the, the headshots and you go on that journey. So how did your journey begin? Yeah. Well, I was a, a magical unicorn baby in the sense that <laughs> I was born with a business strategy right away. I was like, I know exactly what I got to do. Uh -huh. I, I, as a 10 year old, I called my own reps. I negotiated the contracts all myself. Yeah. Perfect English. <laughs> no, it was all my parents, man. Like okay. I, I had no idea what a headshot was. Yeah. What reps were, what, you know, uh, Roth IRA or whatever, like yep. the uh, Coogan accounts. The Coogan, any, of, yes. any of those things. I had no consciousness of any of that stuff. My okay. parents just like, so I guess it started from way, way back. Okay. My my grandpa was an actor. He was. Yeah. Okay. So when he was a kid, he started off as, as like a, a child actor as well. 
he actually had like series regulars, some speaking roles. He he was a pretty prolific actor, like especially for Chinese Americans. He was one of the first hmm. in like the forties. What was his name? Walter Suhu. Okay. Yeah, my okay. my late grandfather. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he kind of like he created that legacy of Hollywood in the family. Okay. Um you should check out his IMDb actually. It's pretty it's pretty impressive. I'm going to. Like, we'll link to it from the show notes here oh for my sure. Gosh, like that's my grandpa. Uh-huh. Um but then his family was in kind of in the industry like some of his brothers and sisters. Um my dad was in kind of entertainment. Some of my cousins were in entertainment. So this is all before I was even like a thought in anyone's head. Sure. Um so I guess like when I became a, a younger kid in infanthood, mm-hmm. my parents saw potential in me. They're like, this kid seems like he has enough energy to perform. So they got me the same reps as my cousin. Okay. And uh, because they kind of had that familial recognition, they started sending me out to audition. They got me the headshots and uh, they just started sending me out. And how old were you at the time? Uh, I started getting sent out. I think, so my first thing that I ever did, I think I was like, 10 years old was a Toys R Us commercial. Okay. And then I started going out for speaking roles. And the first role that I booked was Tropic Thunder at 11. Wow. So I, I talk don't, about catching lightning in a bottle within crazy. your, yeah, that's not normal. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think as a kid, like I was definitely like blessed with the capacity to, uh, to express rage. Yeah. Because that character was a, a pretty feisty kid. You know, he was the villain, the, the drug leader. Yeah. And I had no idea what drugs were at that age. I was uh-huh. like, I, I just knew that I got to boss around adults and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I kind of just remember in the audition process, just get it, getting full free reign to just be a little demon. Uh-huh. And I, I remember finding that really fun. Uh-huh. And then at a certain point, as the rounds go on, I got the callbacks and the callbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think round three, I saw Ben Stiller. And he was the one that was reading with me. And I didn't really have an idea of like what celebrity was, what fame was, but I knew who he was. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've seen you in like Zoolander. Yeah, something and, yeah, huh? Zoolander. Uh-huh. Um, I recognized <laughs> him. I was like, oh, you're that guy. And uh-huh. he uh, he asked me to do some martial arts form because they needed that for the role. And I did like whatever like little brown belt form I had at Taekwondo, little yeah. kicks. Uh-huh. And they they loved it. And they're like, wow, this kid's scrappy. He can move. And uh, next thing I knew, I got shipped out to Hawaii. Wow. That's where we shot Tropic. Is that right? Huh. Yeah. And, and I had school out there and everything. It was crazy. Your whole life changes, right? It's like, hey, mom. Hey, yeah. dad. We're going to go to Hawaii now. And now it's my career. And you well, hey, mom. Because dad stayed at home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> so now she's a full-time mommy manager. Right? A momager, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, she kind of had the similar sentiments of like what you see in like a you know, Chinese American or Chinese like tiger mom type of like stereotypes, I guess. Uh But that sentiment was just embedded in entertainment. So she became like a tiger momager. Okay. Got it. I see. So that was, uh, that was kind of like, that was the trajectory that I got set on at a very young age. So now this is cool, right? Because like you went through all the auditions, it's like, congratulations. We want you, right? That's a big deal. Like when you land a role and I know it was only like your second role since doing a Toys R Us commercial, but like, like every kid auditioning that's the goal is to get the yes right and so now flying to hawaii right you're going to be working on a movie and like what was going through your head as a young kid right i um not a whole lot no yeah as the the depth of thought of an 11 year old is just like this is cool okay it's like that's a those are some loud explosions and whoa like is that a real gun like yeah. those are like that's like the depth of how I'm thinking about things and I'm like whoa 
all this food is free. Yeah. <laughs> they know? spoil you. Yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. the catering on set, like uh-huh. still to this day, like I've been on a bunch of productions and I think the catering on Tropic Thunder was still to this day the best. Yeah. Like, it was like local Hawaiian like catering chefs and they were serving seafood like every day. Wow. I was getting like lobster tail and stuff. I was like a child. Yeah. And like uh-huh. to this day, I still think that production spoiled me because I… I eat good, man. Like, I need to eat good food. <laughs> and I blame this production because, like, I had um, per diem. which yeah. So, they were giving me, like, the daily, like, food allowance. Mm-hmm. And, man, I was spending it on food. I oh, was yeah. just like… Because I got a good a taste of what good food tastes like. Sure, sure, sure. So, how long did it take to film the movie then? <laughs> I was there for five months, I think. Okay. And then another, like, month and a half in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. And so… But you were living in Los Angeles? When you booked this? Uh, I was, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. So I was living in LA. I booked it. They flew me out to Kauai, the island that we're shooting Uh for five months. And then I came back home to shoot for another month month and a half. And you worked with some big names on this movie, right? Like who are some of the stars? Ben Stiller, obviously, right? Ben, Robert Uh Downey Jr. Um, Tom Cruise had a really funny role in that. Was he there? Uh, I saw him during like the rap party. And I saw him in LA for like the premiere and stuff. Uh But he wasn't in Hawaii. He wasn't, um, okay. I, I met, I think I met Matthew McConaughey. Okay, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I met, I mean, Jack Black. Um, well, you got into a fight with Jack Black. Yeah, right? I, I spent a lot of time with Jack Black. Yeah. Because our fight scene, like, that was a very, you know, very involved scene. Mm-hmm. So, I think we spent, like, at least a couple of weeks just shooting that scene. Sure, sure. It's a couple of weeks. And yeah. now you… Did you have like a stunt double? Or yeah. What? You did. So I I did have a stunt double for some of the more like, you know, advanced movements. Like uh, there was a part where I do a flip and catch the gun. Uh-huh. At that time, I wasn't able to do that move. Okay. So my stunt double did moves like that. Things that were more acrobatic. But stuff that was very basic, like, like hand-to-hand just combat stuff. Like yeah. I could manage that stuff. But more acrobatic stuff, the jumpy, flippy stuff. Uh, Evan K. He was my stunt guy. He did a great job. And how old was Evan? Like a man kind of playing no, his role? No, he was role? my age. He was your age. Oh, so the martial oh. arts that he was trained in, I ended up training in too. Okay. It's called XMA. Okay. And the kids that start off in XMA, they start off usually pretty young mm-hmm. and they're extremely acrobatic. Like they're mad gifted athletes. Okay. Like they'll double backflip, jump off the walls. Like it's, so was XMA, they had a studio here and the Power Ranger. Yeah, Red- Mike Chat. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I trained with Mike. You did. Okay. Uh, my my coach was Matt Mullen. So him and Mike were pretty close. Okay. So he had his own school. But Mike was like, I think, one of the founders of this style. Got it. Okay. Um, but yeah, XMA, that's Mike Chat. That's cool. Okay. So you have all these amazing stories. Did anything go wrong or anything? Any like horror stories on set? Anything? From Tropic yeah. or just in general? Just, I guess in general. But yeah. Oh man, I mean, like throughout my life, I could think of a bunch of things that didn't go the way they should have gone. Yeah. Uh, for at least on Tropic Thunder, one thing that I remembered was um, there's a scene where I'm hitting him with a stick, and under the shirt, they're putting they put a pad so I could go off on it, right? Uh-huh. So I could just hit him with like it was a, it was a whip essentially, yeah, like a bamboo switch, uh-huh. and they said just just wail on him, hit this part, and so we're rolling, and I'm whipping, 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 and I'm like hitting for like a good forty seconds. I hit him at least forty times. Uh-huh. And then they cut, and then Ben, like, he's, like, rubbing his arm. And then, like, uh, one of the production assistants comes up to me, or the stunt court coordinator comes up to me, he's like, hey, Brandon, you were aiming a little high. That's actually not where the pad was. Ooh. So, on the next take, 
try to hit the pad. I was just hitting the same spot on his arm over and over again with this whip. Yeah. And I, I didn't see what it looked like under, but it was probably all welted because it was like a, I was giving it to him. Sure, sure. Um, so that was one. <laughs> that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that goes wrong on sets. No, I bet. So now, <laughs> so part of the job is memorizing lines. Were you pretty good at that or did it take a lot of like training? Mm, memorizing lines, I guess like, Memory works in different kinds of ways. For mm -hmm. example, like with math, I can't memorize a formula to save my life. Like with chemistry, math, anything that required like, you know, things like that. I couldn't really memorize them. Okay. But for some reason, dialogue, the style of like reading back and forth, knowing your cues and like getting context clues. Mm -hmm. Like that was really easy for me. Okay. So that type of memory, getting my lines down was a lot easier for me than like other memory stuff for school and studying. Sure, sure. So when I was a kid in school, like I did really bad on test. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't remember things, right? I don't know why, but then one of my teachers said like, all right, here, this is what I want you to do. It's a different technique. You're going to write the question on a, on a little like index card and then you're going to write the answer on the back, right? You write it. And so that's just the perfect way that I was able to memorize things is I write oh. the question, I flip it over, I highlighted it like orange or whatever. And that was like my own mental way where I can remember. And then I started doing better on tests. Right. So I guess everybody's got their own way of doing it. You know, nice. that was, but that, that's the, the shitty part about being into the acting industry. Cause I see my son all the time, right? You get an audition and they send over like a eight page, 12 page oh, script. That grinds my gears. Oh, right. And then like, it's like, Hey, you've got to record, you know, you got to do a self tape or you got to trick there. for that. Okay. I built a teleprompter. Okay. And I put it right next to the camera. So I never have to memorize. Well, that's good when now, auditions. when you're doing like self tapes and stuff or auditions, but when you had to in go person. in, oh, you can't use that. No, you can't use that. Cause oh, my son so was blessed. doing that yeah. too. He was definitely hit. He found all the angles, right? He auditioned for stranger things, like all these big shows and stuff like that. And they give yeah. you like an eight page script and you got to memorize all these monologues mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's like, ugh. yeah, if you're not paying me to memorize like over like six pages, it's yeah. it's pretty it's it's like inconsiderate it really is and it, it's because like honestly a lot of times like it doesn't really cost casting much to send you to 10 pages mm -hmm. but like they just have more stuff to look at even though they're only going to look at you reading the first page of the audition that's right so like yeah. to them they don't really see the flip side of it uh -huh. and it doesn't cost them anything to ask for more oh i felt so bad like son would go into his room and lock himself in there and like memorize these lines yeah stressing Right. Yeah. I and that's know. when acting becomes not fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and and then if you're on top of that, you know, because like your story is unique, right? You book something pretty, not pretty big, really big quickly. Mm -hmm. Most kids like they go for six years, like they book a commercial here and there and maybe like they're on a show like as kind of like a, not an extra, but like a, a cameo, whatever else. But yeah, people give up. <laughs> yeah you know like they're oh, it's like a grind man it is a grind you yeah. have developed such a thick skin and such a determination for it mm -hmm. and you got to just be the most persistent you know unstoppable force yeah i think it's to, to continue on sometimes because mm -hmm. like a lot of times it's like even i had thoughts i'm just like this is really hard it's mm -hmm. not by no means is it something that i would just say like anyone i would just be like oh yeah fine just do it you know because yeah. do it but like it's work it's uh -huh. you got to 
push. Yeah. And you got to like be okay with having a thick skin and going through the doldrums of just like, okay, when's the next gig? Yeah. Like these are all very common things. And they are. even for someone, don't be mistaken that just because like maybe sometimes there would be good amounts of work, but also like there's periods where it's like, it's hard. Mm. So thankfully, yeah. like thankfully my life is, is blessed enough that I can sustain and that I, I've been given the opportunities to be able to pay my bills, to be able to do what I love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. it's, uh, there are, there's hard moments. Oh, there's downsides, right? Yeah, you know, there's definitely yeah. the upsides. Like you said, all the catering while you're in Hawaii. Like, that's the best part. Yeah, like yeah, you really. craft services, right? Yeah. Gotta really indulge in those moments. Cause uh -huh. you're like, am I gonna get lobster tails every day like this? <laughs> yeah, man. So now walk me through the movie shot. They're editing it. You've got the premiere, right? You went to the premiere, right? That must have been a cool experience, yeah. right? Because it's your first premiere. Where did they do that at? I think at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Is that right? Okay. I think that's where they did the premiere. Okay. Um, yeah. And that must have been cool, right? Walking the red carpet. Yeah. Taking people, taking your photos, right? That was like a new experience for you, it's probably. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh -huh. everyone's just like this flashing lights and I put on a little suit, you know, like the smallest I could find at Macy's. And, <laughs> um, and that people were just like hyping me up. And I just, I felt like the shit. Yeah. Man, as a baby with, essentially a baby, <laughs> with everyone telling you you're just like the shit, I'm just like, man, I was just like eating it up. I was just absorbing all of that and just becoming just like this little like, yeah, I'm the shit. I'm the shit. <laughs> Which I, I know must have been very strange for development. But, um, well, but you yeah. were the shit, not just you, but everybody that knew you, you were the shit, right? Yeah. You know? And so, so okay, so you, you did the red carpet, right? And then the movie came out, mm -hmm. right? And so did you take all your friends to go see it, like in the theater or what? I don't think I took them to go see it in the theater, but okay. people, because I don't, I don't even think they were allowed to go watch that movie because it was oh, rated R. Tropic was right. rated R. Uh, but I mean, like, because I was missing so much school, just working on gigs and whatnot, uh -huh. people generally in my hometown, I, I lived in the suburbs and, you know, word gets around really quick in the suburbs. Sure. Everyone in my area knew that I was like, oh, that's the actor guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, and in school probably too, right? Yeah, it was exactly. different, right? You were a different kid and did you go to just a public school? I went or to what? public school. So you're just in a public school. So you went away and then you came back. For months back. at a time, I would just disappear. And then you came back and uh -huh. now like you were the kid. Like, like Yeah, like that, that guy... Is the the movie guy, the movie guy, <laughs> whatever you know? Yeah, wow. Because I was, and then at that point, I was also doing like some more content that they would have seen, which is like like some Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network type of stuff. Oh, so you were now moving on to other things, yeah. And stuff. So okay. at a certain point, then people actually started watching the stuff that I was in; they could actually see it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that was also a very interesting school experience too. Sure. Um, because I I was like a pretty weird kid. Uh -huh. You know, I was pretty nerdy, and I didn't really have. A lot of friends actually growing up, you know, yeah. I was like a, a weird little kid. Yeah. But then like after all these things started happening, I definitely got more like eyeballs on me. Yeah. In school. Uh -huh. People kind of like uh, let my eccentricity slide a bit more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so were you getting recognized in like the public too? Were you? Yeah, yeah. You were, huh? That must have been. Well, you were the shit, right? Yeah. You know, like, of course I'm getting recognized. At the and it's a small store. town. You know? So what part of L.A. were you, were you in? Where'd you grow up? The San Gabriel Valley. 
Okay. 626. The, uh, so Pasadena or what? A little further east than Pasadena. So okay. Pasadena is SUV. Mm -hmm. But the part of SUV that I was in was like China. Okay. Like straight up, like that's the far east. I see. Um, okay. You, you can't like go down the street without running into like a noodle shop or a dumpling shop. Is that right? Mm -hmm. okay. So all my friends growing up were Chinese pretty much because mm -hmm. San Gabriel Valley, the 626 is all Chinese or like Vietnamese. I see. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Now you said you're doing stuff for Nickelodeon. You're probably doing commercials too. You're probably booking mm -hmm. a lot more than most kids because you already have something big under your belt. Is that how it works or what? Uh, you have like a competitive advantage, I guess. Or? I guess once you have a resume, uh -huh. it kind of builds on itself. Like the momentum almost snowballs a bit. Yep. And uh, if you're able to capitalize on that, then that's that's kind of how that works. You know. Okay. Once you get one thing, then you open your door up to a few more things. Then if you capitalize on those, that opens up a couple more things. Mm -hmm. But it's like um, the opportunities come up, and you got to be able to capitalize. Mm. They don't just like appear. I mean, sometimes they do. But for the most part, it just, you get opportunities and you still got to execute, execute, execute. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All you get more is just more eyeballs. Okay. Those are more doorways. Got it. Well, I want to hear, because that- One more. When... I just shrunk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> shrunk me. So uh, again, that you're a child actor. You're not a child anymore. And there's a lot more no. to talk about. I want to talk, but we're going to play a game. We're going to stop and play a game right now. So- <laughs> So this is a, a game that is called New Phone Who Dis. Right? Love I'm that. sure you've heard of it, right? New Phone. I, I know of the uh, that phrase, but I don't know of the game. Okay. So New Phone Who Dis, right? Not Who This. And we kind of changed the game a little bit. I'm going to allow you to pick three people from your phone. Oh. Okay. Wow, okay. Where's your phone? Uh, it's right here. Okay. It's in airplane mode because I'm a good podcast. So who are, who are, who are the... <laughs> Who are the three people from your phone that you want to pick? You can just give me any three what, people. Do I not get context of what's going to happen to these people? Okay. So so basically, we've got five cars that are sitting there in front of you. Okay. Okay. One of three people, and I'm going to tell you which one out of the three. And then you're just going to pick one of the cards, and you're going to have to send them a text message. And it's so scary. And it's not. <laughs> Nothing, nothing that'll get you Something into like trouble. rated R stuff, it's some NSFW not really. text. It's not, no, it's nothing that's going to get you into too much what trouble. What color are you wearing right now? No, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then we'll just wait for their response. Okay, okay. yeah, sure. All so, right, I'm going to say, um, I'm, I'm trusting you with my contact. <laughs> So I'm making this easy for you. The last time we did, Jenna's looking at me. She's like, you're making this easy. Because the last time I did this with a guest, I randomly scrolled through and I terrified somebody. And it happened to be his ex-girlfriend from oh, like no. 12 years ago. So that was a little awkward. So we're not going to do that this time. So I'll allow you to pick three people that will play along here. All right. Well, I chose three people that pretty much no matter what I say to them, should slide. Okay. There you go. All right. So, so what are their names? Safe. Okay. Uh, I chose my mom. Your mom. So you know, most things would slide with her. Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, and some of my best friends. Okay. Um, one of them's name is Kevin. Kevin. He, okay. He's at Adidas. He does a lot of stuff in the music industry. Okay. And Marlon, who is a, uh, he's a pop and YouTube star. Okay. And he's also uh, quite the entrepreneur himself. Okay. So. There we go. So let's pick one of the five cards. And don't flip it over yet. Okay. okay. So that's the one that you want? Yes. Okay. So let's the, read the other four that you didn't pick. Okay. okay. So that one, 
that you're going to send? I hope these are all like the most devious ones. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Want to come over and split a 30 rack and play Bop It? <laughs> yeah, my friends would definitely think I'm tripping. They're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, word. Uh, why'd you lick my fingers after we high-fived? Be honest. Would you? Uh, would I lick my friend's fingers after we high-fived? Yes. When do we not? <laughs> That's like standard practice in my group. If my friends don't lick my fingers, I feel like there's like something in, they're being passive-aggressive. Okay. All right, let's see. Uh, hey, I wanted to apologize for being a dick. I was watching Bridget Jones's diary and feeling real emotional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you picked that one. <laughs> you know, my friends are all actually like mad, uh, empathetic people. So they'd be like, yeah, you know, like, you want to talk about it? You want to talk about it? They would be so it? cute about it. <laughs> what um, was the last one? What is this one? It says, I can't sleep without knowing who your favorite Ninja Turtle is. It's eating me away. Please respond ASAP. <laughs> Please respond ASAP. It's urgent. It's um, urgent. Who's got the… Um, uh, I feel like I should know this, but he's got the swords. The, he's got the size. Is that uh, is, is that, that Leonardo? I think that is Leonardo. That Leonardo? I think so. Yes. I like that weapon. So okay, that's my Ninja Turtle. Right, so I'm gonna say you're gonna text your YouTube friend. Okay. Okay. Oh, so you're allowed to choose. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're gonna text your YouTube friend, but let's see what are we texting him? Mar Marlin. Marlin. Okay. Uh, did you give my number to a pimp named Raphael? <laughs> Okay. You know, the odds that he did that is actually like, there's a potential there. We've gotten, we've gotten to some mischief. Yeah, he's like, his name wasn't Raphael. Like, All right, so go ahead, text him. Oh, yeah, I'm like, verbatim, like with the same exclamation. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. So I'll send him that and eventually let's… Let's see what he responds with. So do we just like uh, continue the conversation? Yeah, we'll, do, we'll, do, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm assuming that he'll probably be like, "What the f?" Raphael? Question, question, question. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah, we hit each other with pretty like random messages. So yeah, okay. He might give a fun response to that. Well, thanks for playing along. Let's see uh, what he yeah. responds with. I'm glad these are like these are fun. You know, they are fun. You know, they're not like actually like relationship ending no 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 we would never <laughs> these could be real devious like if i wrote a set of these they could they could get real real um bloody uh, of course <laughs> yeah no i totally agree all right so what have you been up to or first of all are you still acting i'm still acting yeah. you still are okay yeah, yeah. still still on the old uh the old horse mm -hmm. so what are some of the projects that you've worked on i guess covid probably slowed things down a little mm -hmm. bit but where do you find yourself kind of auditioning for what roles what what are some of the projects that you've been working on covid did actually slow down a lot of stuff like uh so a lot of live projects like stuff that's actually in front of camera mm -hmm. a lot of those productions were pretty difficult to shoot the guidelines and regulations during the peak of the pandemic were um it was it was tough like no one wanted to shoot stuff sure in-person auditions stopped completely. So now we're doing, uh, we're sending in tapes, which is such a blessing. We don't, yeah, don't you have to, to drive. Don't have to drive and find sit parking. In traffic, sit yeah. in that little room with everyone that's dressed like you. And uh -huh. It's all awkward. It is awkward, Looking yeah. at everyone just like, oh, I, I recognize that guy. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's up, man? Yo, what's good? What's good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, no, we're all very cordial. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I've been doing a lot of voice stuff because that, 
you could work by yourself. Oh, that's cool. In a little like recording booth, kind of like this one. Mm-hmm. Not as nice though. Um, so I've been doing a lot of like voiceover stuff. Okay. I, I booked a, a leading role on a anime for going to Netflix. Cool. I'm called Mech Cadet U. Okay. And I play Stanford U. I'm the cadet. Hmm. And I play like a giant robot. And um, well, I'm driving a giant robot. I'm the, the pilot of it. Okay. Um, and that's coming to Netflix this year. And I also got the leading voice of a movie called Tiger's Apprentice. Hmm. Um, that's got like uh, Henry Golding, Michelle Yeoh, like all of like these iconic Asian actors and like stars in Hollywood. Wow. Um, Congrats, man. Thank you. It's exciting stuff. And that's from Paramount and that's going to be in theaters. It was supposed to come out next year, but it got pushed. So it might be a little bit later. Okay. So forget I even said that because you're never going to see it apparently. <laughs> but it, it's going to come out just like later on down the line. Yeah. And then, uh, so do you enjoy doing the voiceover stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? I love doing voice stuff, man. Because you don't have to like memorize lines anymore, yeah, yeah. right? It's there in front of you, right? You know, like I, I'm not going to say it's e- it's easier. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but it is easier. Uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's easier in terms of just like I get to really isolate and focus on a single instrument, one one part of acting, mm-hmm. which is just like you know the inflection and the speaking part. I don't got to worry about. I guess like a lot of the other things like being aware of my light, being aware of my marks, mm-hmm. you know, making sure I don't stay in my wardrobe getting lunch at Crafty or whatever, you know, mm. I just get to sit here and bust out all of my stuff right now. Sure. It's sure. very efficient and I get to really just fall into the role and fall into performing. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that and I I like playing with my voice, you know, mm-hmm. it's all, it, it's something that I really enjoy doing. Have you done any auditions for video games? I know that's a big part of voiceover acting, right? I don't go out for a lot of video games, but no. I would like to do more video games. Yeah. Maybe do some of the mocap stuff. Yeah. Get to utilize some of my like my action experience. Put little dots on me. My son uh, was a big fan of the game Uncharted. Oh, and yeah. And so he got an audition for that as a voiceover actor. And it was like, <gasps> it was like the dream thing. He didn't book it, but you know, it's still cool to kind of say that he had that audition. Absolutely, so, man. Yeah. So other interests, first of all, you said you were a nerd uh, growing up. And yeah. uh, I want to hear a little bit more because I hear that you had a, uh, a a thing with insects. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, yeah. So tell me more. Yeah, no, not a lot of people uh, kind of are in that camp. But uh-huh. growing up, like like I said, I spent a lot of time just like on my own, just old kid playing in the backyard and and were you you were an only child or what? I had an older sister you had an older sister okay yeah uh-huh. so like I mean we both were pretty like nerdy kids but we both actually were into insects me and my sister okay <laughs> but um, aside from her in the house my only friends were the things that I found in the backyard okay whether that be like roly polies or spiders I loved the spiders you love the spiders I don't, okay. to any like Stranger Things fans I was like little Chinese Vecna um, <laughs> before he <laughs> grew the 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 vascularity and stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i would just like dig holes and see what i could find like grubs larvae i would make little shrines to ants put a chicken nugget and see how they all just like do little like uh just watch how they dissect and dismantle this nugget and i'd watch that for like days i'd be like okay this is like day two the nugget is around 30 percent diminished and Wow, they've created little camps around it so they could really uh, partition it out and really separate the work between them. And I would just watch them like just do things like that and I would like just stare. <laughs> Hours. 
And I would like collect certain insects and feed them to spiders to watch how different species of spiders would hunt and take down their prey. Because that was fascinating to me. Like some are very tentative. They would hang back in a little like, they'd make a funnel of webs and they would hide in the back. And then some created these wide flat webs where like they could catch a bunch of like larger insects. Um, So it was really cool to see how they individually would package up their food and store it for later. Hmm. What they do is they inject it with the venom and they melt all the insides and they just drink it out. And then, and then when they're done with it, they cut it loose from the, from the web and the, the shell of an insect just drops out. I'm just like, watch all of this. See, as you're saying this, like it is pretty nerdy, first of all, right? <laughs> but it is fascinating, right? You know, like, like when you see like a spider, right, making this like massive web and how mm-hmm. much time and how much detail goes how into much geometry it. goes into Seriously. It, the architecture of like it. Like when you think about it from that perspective, mm-hmm. right? Most people just walk into it and be like, ah, right, you yeah. know, just kind of wipe their face, right? But they're masters of what they do. They really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you when you think about it from that perspective. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to go and watch some YouTube videos on like slow motion spiders making a web, right? Because you never see them making it. It's just done. Right? I, I really like jumping spiders because they don't make webs, but the way they hunt is they pounce on their prey, mm-hmm. but their moves are so twitchy and so quick that it looks like you're watching a laggy video. Like they're mm-hmm. moving in like like 20 FPS or something because like it's such a fast motion. It looks like there's glitching. Wow. Because it's like little twitchy motions. But the way they hunt is they jump on their prey. Huh. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone's as into bugs as I am, but that stuff like love it. Watch that all day. <laughs> so, did you have pets? Like, did you have like a pet gecko or snake? Yeah, or were you into all like of those, those kinds of things? Really? Yeah, yeah, you were. Of course, the bug kid would have a snake and a lizard. Uh huh. I had hermit crabs. Okay. I had, I had a, a, a lizard that was a bearded dragon. I had a a ball python. Hmm. Um, the ball python was he had problems though. He he was a very, I got him adopted at, he was already an adult when I got him. Uh-huh. So he had all kinds of trauma from growing up in captivity. Okay. So when I got him, he was just like really hard to take care of. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to get into it. No. Yeah. Um, but I've had dogs like also growing up my whole life. Okay. Dogs too. Yeah. What kind of dogs? Uh, usually labs. Okay. But more recently, um, so I had two labs in the family and my more recent family dog is a multi-poo. So okay. It's the first like indoor dog we've had. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, you have pets and stuff too. So I was scared crab of snakes. Like I seen a snake in my backyard when I was a kid. I was literally like just sitting there in like some leaves and stuff. I don't know, maybe seven years old and like probably just a garden snake or something. Came yeah, he was slivering through and I'm just, he was scared of me, right? That's definitely. Yeah. I was like, what? You know? And so um, we had two dogs and uh, it was a miniature schnauzer. And a little poodle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then the poodle died. And then we just had the miniature schnauzer. And then, you know, once you get, you like you said, I had labs, right? Like we had miniature schnauzers. You just kind of replace the one after it passes. You got to get another one, right? And so yeah. we had three miniature schnauzers kind of growing up. And I got a miniature schnauzer now, right? I still keep on that 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 legacy i guess it's yeah. the dog that you grew up with it is a dog you grew up mm-hmm. with yeah dog's family to you. sure is yeah i think the fear of snakes is really interesting because it's like embedded it's like one of the most common fears for human beings is the fear of snakes yeah and i think someone said this um it's because evolutionary wise we're from monkeys and monkeys don't have a lot of natural predators but they would be eagles and snakes. Hmm. Those are the things that like kill monkeys the most would be like eagles pick them out of the tree and snakes. 
So if we evolved from monkeys, maybe that fear of snakes kind of traveled on with us because we don't really have any reason to be scared of snakes. No. They don't prey on humans. No. But monkeys did, and we're from monkeys. Yeah. If, if evolution's that, your thing. That could be. <laughs> yeah, you're onto something here. Mm-hmm. So uh, so other things. Um, so you're a foodie. Like mm-hmm. You talked about that a little bit earlier. We blame uh, Tropic Thunder for that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Craft services, lobster every day. What are some of your favorite types of food? Oh man, I, so my, my, my love for food is definitely attributed to my mom and she, she was the foodie of the family for sure. And she kind of just introduced me to everything and she really loves good food. Mm-hmm. She was a really amazing chef. Okay. So starting off, I guess my first love would be like Cantonese food because that's what my mom made. But then also she really loved good sushi. Mm. So sushi was always something that she would like reward me with because it's a more pricey dinner. But if I was being like a good boy, you know, I would get, you know, nigiri yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of started off with the, the safer bets, kind of like tuna, yellowtail, salmon, stuff like that. Yep. And then I started getting more adventurous, started venturing into like amaebi, uni, ikura, mm-hmm. the weirder sushis. And yeah, sushi I could get really specific with. Yeah. Huh? You know, what, what country the fish is from and what part of year you're getting certain seafoods. Wow. Um, even like where the rice is from. Like I get really nerdy about my sushi. Really? Mm-hmm. So what's the best sushi place in LA? You know what? Considering how much I love sushi, I wouldn't I don't think I've tried that many crazy good sushi places no, in huh? LA. But, okay. Um some of my favorite go to spots, if I want just nice, consistently good casual sushi at a good price, mm-hmm. is sushi gen in little Tokyo. Okay. I don't know if your any of your viewers have seen it, but I'm kind of like even hesitant to say it because the lines are already long enough. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Like, do you know Sushi Jen? Yeah, you see, it's already busy enough. So I'm just like, I mean, I guess at that point, everyone knows Sushi Jen then. Yeah. Um, Enya's <laughs> also a good spot. They have one in Little Tokyo, one in um, one in Pasadena. Okay. I just ate at um, Sushi Yuzu, which is in Studio City. So these are all like good, like medium level sushi restaurants that are like, not cheap by any means, but yeah. they're approachable. Okay. So yeah, Jen, Enya, and Yuzu. And for like kind of a nicer experience, like, like Asanebo is also really nice. Where's that at? Uh, I think that's also in Studio City. Is it? Yeah, okay. Jenna, she's she loves her sushi. I can See? tell. Yeah. Oh, she's she's a foodie. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so they have a good omakase. So what's the dish that you see on the menu and you're gonna get it probably in most cases? Um, my favorite pairing is uni ikura uh-huh. because uni is sea urchin. Okay. And it's the you know, it's you don't want to acknowledge it too much while you're eating it, but you're eating like the reproductive organs of the sea urchin. Wow. And if you ever looked at a sea urchin, it's not a very pretty animal, but man, the only edible part of it is is this yellow custardy part of the inside of the sea urchin. And it tastes sweet. It tastes a little bit like seaweed, a little bit oceanic, and it's creamy, almost like a like a mousse. Hmm. It has the texture of mousse when you bite into it. It melts in your mouth and it melts over the rice. Wow. And it makes like a seafood risotto in your mouth as you're eating it. Hmm. And then I like that because it's like this rich and creamy, savory bite. And I think it pairs really well with ikura, especially cured ikura. Okay. Um, and ikura is salmon eggs. The salmon eggs are these, it's oily. So it's got this like nice omega-3 fatty acids in it. So it's really good for you. Hmm. And it's kind of briny because it's like, it's, it's very salty. So I think that paired with the creamy uni is like my favorite combination. Hmm. See, but it's it's definitely a more acquired taste. I wouldn't say it's for the super sushi uninitiated, but aside from that, I mean, I always love a good 
a good white fish like sea bream snapper is really good yeah um i like yellowtail which is kampachi which i think is like baby yellowtail yeah those are all really nice for me too it's like the go-to at like Nobu, that and the black codfish. Right? Oh, the black cod, the um, the one where they marinate it with miso. Yeah, I I make that dish. Do you? Yeah, I can I can re yeah yeah I can recreate that. So so you are a chef then? You like to cook then too? I I can fend my I can fend for myself in the kitchen. Okay. Um, if you give me recipes, I can generally do. Well, that. that's what I was gonna ask you. So like, are you the follow the recipe guy or are you the wing it guy? Uh, both. Both. Okay. So if it's something that I'm like not super familiar with, like trying out a new type of pasta, I'll, I'll find a recipe for it. Okay. A new method of like baking something, I'll find a recipe. But for me, Chinese food, I got, I could do it most just like, I could do a stir fry like sleeping. Hmm. Uh, fried rice, I could do that asleep, stuff like that. So is there any food that for no amount of money you wouldn't eat? Anything oh. that's on the no way list? Certain things. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I, I have a very adventurous palate. And almost none of these things are because of flavor. Like, I would, I want to taste everything. Even the things that, like, shouldn't be consumed. I want to know what it tastes like. Yeah. I'm very curious about everything. But mm. mo most of what I wouldn't eat is for moral and ethical reasons. Mm. Whether it be, like, um, if it's endangered or if humans have some kind of a social attachment to these species, like I wouldn't eat them. I see what you're saying. You know, saying. like dogs yep. and cats. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. Those are familial things. Mm -hmm. Things that are hyper-intelligent and have an idea of what consciousness is, who have an awareness of life and death or mortality, I'm hesitant to eat those things because it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So, so like you a know, monkey. I understand that. So, you know, like, but do you think of fish? Like, do they have that? Do they even have... Like, they haven't demonstrated a lot of evidence that they have the same level of consciousness as something like a dolphin uh -huh. or something like even an octopus I'm hesitant to eat because they have very complex social structures. Hmm. But something like a fish, there's almost no fish that I've seen that have complex social structures that have any like even semblance of, um, you know, a more advanced memory. Like they, we, we've studied these, I think, and we haven't really found very intelligent fish. So. I agree. I'm like, you know what? That's a food animal. <laughs> it deserves to be consumed. But I just feel less guilty because it doesn't have the same mortal fear that we have. You know. So now are you opening a restaurant? Did I hear? Is that yeah. is that a that's true. Okay. Yeah, the rumor that you've heard is is correct. Good, cool. So tell me more. Um actually kind of ties into the trip that I went on recently. Okay. And uh so the funny thing about that was I wasn't there for business. I was there to go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman that was getting married was, um, he's a pretty like well-connected person, as I told you before. And he's from, well, he, he's been, I think he's lived in Los Angeles before in Southern California. So he knows what In-N-Out is. He's, he misses In-N-Out because he lives in Cambodia now. Mm -hmm. So my friend, as a, as a wedding gift, brought him spread, packets of In-N-Out spread for the burger. <laughs> That's a wedding gift. Yeah, like, Great was, wedding gift too, oh, right? Oh, he was stoked. I bet he was. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. had In-N-Out in years. He's uh -huh. like, oh my effing God, like missing in and out yeah so what we were going to do for him is we we're going to go back to his pad and make him recreate the double double okay recreate the burger that he's been missing for x amount of years yeah and he didn't have any of the equipment that that i need to make a burger and they don't have american groceries but there's one grocery store in cambodia that has american like craft slices you know okay. they sell the ground beef mm -hmm. and they sell hamburger buns there was one store and it was like thank god it was open 24 hours okay it was like a 7-eleven you know um and he didn't have a griddle. He didn't have anything to press it. And the kitchen 
that his his helpers they they're the only ones that use the kitchen and they live outside. Mm-hmm. So the kitchen that I was in was not like anything like an American kitchen. There were you know there were bugs in. I was it was I was getting attacked by mosquitoes. Whoa. It was a hundred degrees and it was past midnight. Okay. By the time we got back to the crib, it was like past midnight, like one in the morning. Yeah. And it was a hundred degrees outside Fahrenheit. I'm sweating. I'm taking all my clothes in, outside in the in the very outdoors kitchen. There's sure. Like animals out there, uh-huh. you know. And um, and as I'm cooking, I'm like knocking roaches away from the stove, and and I'm like mise en place. I'm doing all the prep to make a bunch of burgers for the whole house because there's a bunch of people at the house. I was gonna make a bunch. Yeah. And um, so I prepped enough for maybe twenty burgers, and it's it's a shit show. Like the the pan that I had to buy was melting to the stove because it was a really cheap pan. It's the only pan I could find. Sure. So every time I tried to flip a patty, pick it up, the whole stove came up with it. Huh. I was picking up the stove every time I tried to pick up the pan. <laughs> every time I tried to flip the burger, the spatula would melt into the pan. Uh-huh. So I was picking out melted plastic from the pan as I was cooking these burgers <laughs> while I was getting attacked, while I was sweating my ass off. And every time I wanted to grab new ingredients, the kitchen was four flights of stairs up from the fridge. <laughs> and there was no tables downstairs to put all the shit on. Otherwise, one, it would go bad. The bugs would get to it. So it had to stay in the fridge. Yeah. So I was running up and down four flights of stairs, naked, wearing dress slacks. In the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I was eventually like, I got all the shit set up. Yep. And I, I had a friend that was with me that was supposed to help. They were supposed to help do like, you know, my, my sous chef. Yep. But he had an emergency, a family emergency. He had to leave. So it was just me in this kitchen. Kitchen was this narrow. So I'm like cramped. There's like, the, it almost feels like this kitchen's falling apart on me. Yeah. And by the time I actually finish all the mise en place um, and I get to the actual frying portion, the stove runs out of gas. So I have enough prep for like 15 burgers. I'm only able to complete one. Ooh. I have the caramelized onions. I have the spread. I have the American cheese. I was able to f- smash two patties, toast two buns, which uh-huh. should be easy. Sure. But because of the setup that I had, it was one of the hardest fucking meals I've ever had to make. It sounds it. Running up and down the fucking flights. Yeah. I felt like it was a war zone, dude. <laughs> it was crazy. And I was delirious. I was off of two Red Bulls. Uh-huh. And by the time I finished all the prep and made the burger, it was like an hour, two hours in. So now it's like three in the morning. Uh-huh. And I wake up, my friend who's got married. Yeah. And I'm like banging on a bedroom door. I'm like, get out here. I made the burger. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, you're going to fucking love this burger. You're going to eat this burger. Just... And he's like, well, dude, you look like shit. You're sweating like an animal and your your hat, my hat's all askew. And I'm just like, it's a mess. Yeah. And, but he takes a bite of the burger and he's like, he puts it in. He's like, oh my God, this is the best burger I've ever had. Uh-huh. At least in Cambodia. See? They, they don't have burgers out here like this. Mission with, accomplished. With the proper tech, I feel like you transported me back to In-N-Out. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. And he's like, you know what? Like, how would you feel if you brought this same flavor to Cambodia as a business. Ooh. And I was just like, yeah, what do you mean? That's silly. And uh-huh. he's like, no, for real. Like, I think this could be a very, like, I think you could make this big. I feel like Cambodia needs this flavor. Yeah. I was like, all right, what are you talking about? And I didn't realize how serious he was. Mm-hmm. So the next day, he's like, come to my office tomorrow. Okay. The next day, he calls me and my friend, the guy who brought me to the wedding. Uh-huh. He calls us to the wedding. And he calls us to his office. And there's already paperwork, contracts that we are now opening up this this corporation. We are this new burger corporation. So you're basically building a Cambodian in and out. 
Yes. <laughs> so and the and like he's like he's talking about how he's gonna franchise it out with us. How he's gonna like you know he's gonna hire like he's gonna like he's gonna work on the construction and like you know the development side. And me and my friend are gonna work on the actual like the, the personality, the flavor, the recipes, nice, the company dude. culture. I love that, it. That's what we're in charge of. The marketing. That's uh -huh. what we're in charge of. Okay. So he's gonna handle a lot of like the the heavier load, which is I think is like the development and stuff. I, I have no idea how that works. Building out the structures, the COO stuff, you know? Yeah. But for me, like, he's like, you are handling creative. You're handling the flavors, which is what I think is fun. That's awesome, dude. So I'm going back to Cambodia in a few weeks. Okay. And our grand opening's in September. All right. Well, let me know. I'll Maybe I'll come out for it. To Cambodia, Yeah, actually. dude. I might come out for it. Uh -huh. Amazing. Yes. Please come to Cambodia I for will. our grand opening. It would okay. be the funniest thing because I'm just like, I'm not expecting any of my American homies to be out there. Uh -huh. You guys want burgers in Cambodia. Dude, um, I will come out to Cambodia Stax. for a burger. Yes. The burger is called Stax. Okay. And that's going to be the first <clears throat> smash burger in Southeast Asia. Hmm. In, yeah. I love it. And if not the first, the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> All right. Well, did he get back to you yet? <laughs> he didn't respond. He didn't respond. He probably <laughs> thinks I'm like messing with him or something. <laughs> You know, he definitely thinks I'm messing with him. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send it to uh, a different friend. Okay. I said Kevin. I'm gonna send it to Kevin. Did you give my number? Did you give my number to a pimp named Raphael? <laughs> question. 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 <laughs> exclamation. Uh, he's, I, I, but him, he's probably. If he responds, it'll be something more like, "What." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. It's all fun. All right. So we're going to play something called Hennessy Heart to Heart, the most simple part of the show. It's where I mm -hmm. just ask a question and then whatever comes to your mind, you just kind of shout it out. I don't really have to this give is it why I wanted thought. to sit closer so See? we could really uh, heart met. To heart. Yes. Heart bond. What's a country or city that you're itching to visit? The only country that, that I care about is America. <laughs> I'm exactly where I want to be. Uh, no, I I always wanted to. I want to go to Mong. I mean, I, the first thing that came to my head was Mongolia. Okay. I want to. I want to sleep in a yurt. Okay. I want to like live in the plains and eat a bunch of meals made of yak milk and yak butter. Got um, it. And I want to. I want like one of those lambs pulled out of like a, a dirt pit, barbecued. <laughs> I want to go to Mongolia for that. Mongolia. All right. Mm -hmm. What makes you laugh the hardest? I want. To, I also am just curious to see what's happening in North Korea. <laughs> in North Korea, just for Korea. like not for like a a super long time, but I'm uh -huh. just curious, like what's going on there? Okay, I, I, like maybe like if I was had a Harry Potter's invisibility cloak, uh -huh. just put me in like the capital for like maybe a few days, just so I could walk around, yeah. and then I'd be like, all right, I'm good, get me out of here. Got it. Oh, yeah, it. Sorry, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you laugh the hardest? What makes my friends? Yeah. Um, my friends make me laugh the hardest. Um, I guess also like just what is some of the silliest stuff that I see on on the internet? I really like seeing really candid raw reactions from like good pranks. I like a good prank. I'm a I, big fan of pranks. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm not uh -huh. a fan of like reality TV per se, but when I see like real, <laughs> real goofy characters in real life just being candidly like strange, like that's some of my favorite stuff. Like characters that are unabashedly just like giving no shits. Just I, I, when I see that type of content, I really like it. Okay. 
If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Um, it's one of the animals that I wouldn't eat. Okay. Um, <laughs> I personally identify with the mantis shrimp. The mantis shrimp. It's one of my favorite. Um, That's a first. Marine creatures. Okay. Um, in my mental animal world of decks. Can I tell you what it does? What does it do? So the mantis shrimp is uh, it's a crustacean. You know, it's a it's a shrimp. It's type. It's a type of shrimp, and uh, it's around yay long, and it comes in all types of different colors. Okay. I really like the peacock mantis shrimp because it has this beautiful kind of translucent or not translucent it's not the word like an opalescent kind of like rainbowy sheen on its shell yeah but it's a really intelligent shrimp and um it's able to like problem solve it's a really skilled predator hmm. um and its eyes are these triple layered eyeballs so like it has on stalks and each eye has three eyes attached to it hmm. and it's able to see a spectrum of color that human beings can't even perceive Really? So if humans could see like maybe like 12 different colors, they could see like 50. So think of a color you can't even think of. <laughs> That's what they That's could see. They could see. Huh. Um, okay. And also, my favorite part about them is the way they hunt. There's the spear ones that could stab things. But the ones that I like, they punch. So the mantis shrimp has these rock hard fists that they use to smash shells. So the punch of a mantis shrimp is almost equivalent to a 22 caliber bullet. Like a gunshot underwater. Oh my god. Okay. Uh -huh. And it cocks it back like this. And it Ooh. like a cinch. And it releases it. And it creates a cavitation bubble. It hits so hard. Huh. The water boils around its fist. It hits so hard. <laughs> He's good. I love, I, love, I love how detailed he is with his answers. You're but just, dude. Yeah. It's, it's like a science fiction thing. It doesn't uh -huh. even sound real. But imagine hitting so hard that the water around your hand boils. It's so hard. Oh my god. It's, it's awesome. That's an interesting animal that you want to be. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Moose, bear. <laughs> Most people say a monkey. Right? We're already monkeys. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Why would I want to downgrade? Uh, I, want a, I want a mantis shrimp. Uh, let's see here. What is something that you're working on yourself right now? Uh, like a personal development mm -hmm. type of working yeah. on? Um, being present. Working on presence, you know, um, I try on and off. Like, I have phases where I'll meditate, but it's, it's, it's hard, man. Hmm. Meditation's tricky. It is. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at communicating boundaries and, and needs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the life, life is all about, you know, the big part of life is the relationships that we build around us. Yep. And relationships are built upon communication. So, yep. I'm, I'm working on just different basic communication skills that aren't really taught to you by, you know, school or your family. True. So just learning about that stuff. Is there anything that makes you angry? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> My blood pressure is constantly at a boiling point. Uh, no. Um, petty things, man. Like road rage. That gets me oh, mad. Yeah. Menus that are too long. Yeah. I hate it when I'm looking at a menu and there's just like, they sell pizza, dumplings, and pad thai. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, your, your menu's having a whole ass identity crisis. Just, just sell me one country's food and be good at that first. Um, what else makes me mad? Um, people that talk during movies, but the commentary isn't good or relevant. Yeah. So you could make a comment every once in a while if it's good and it better be good. But if what you're saying doesn't add to my experience, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe I, that too. Yeah. I give a real like hard glare in theaters. 
Uh-huh. If the person is like speaking behind me, I'll like, I'll do one of these. <laughs> I'll do one of these. I, I do it. I'm just like, I paid for this. Yes. Yes. I don't want to hear your commentary. Yeah. What's something that you're going to pass on to your kids? Like some kind of <laughs> generational trauma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the classic <laughs> children of immigrant trauma. <laughs> no, man. No, my parents, I love my parents. They did a great job. <laughs> Mom and dad, I love you guys. Um, no, I, I want to instill love, security, um, individualism, you know, like independence, you know, the ability mm. to want to grow. I want them to love the process of going somewhere as opposed to just getting to a goal. Yeah. I want them to love learning and I want them to love the grind. I want them to love this and I want them to be comfortable with themselves. I don't want them to feel like they have a deficit in, in, in their ego because, you know, people find all kinds of weird ways to fill in those deficits. So yeah. I want them to feel whole, complete, loved. Loved is so important, man. And mm. just like, I want them to feel comfortable pursuing what they want to do. And, um, nice. Yeah, man. That's good. Deep. And then the last question here. So you have so much life ahead of you. What is one so. dream that you wish to accomplish? One dream that I wish to accomplish. You know what? I, um, I feel like this like answer changes. It's supposed to change. All the time. Yeah. Um, I guess right now, like my my goals are. What do I want to accomplish? I, I got my career goals. You know, I want this restaurant to have like ten franchises open next year. Yeah, I have an invention that I'm working on. I want this to be in like every every fitness store. I want them to be all over online. So those are like career goals. I have relationship goals. You know, I want to be uh, supported and loving and feel like I'm a teammate with with my partner. You know, I want to feel like. We can celebrate the highs and lows together. You know, eventually have a family that, you know, I feel like we could, um, that we're our own little team. We're our own little unit. Um, spiritually, I want to feel like I, I'm happy where I am. I want to feel like I could love every moment that I'm in and really even cherish the, the losses and take them for what they are as, as lessons. I wish to just keep on learning. Mm. Um, to be, uh, always want to be like the best version of myself. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Mm. I want to feel like I've, I've taken on everything and conquered all of my, not all my fears, but you know, the, the, that one scary thing that I've always been like um, too hesitant to try. Like I want to eventually like, you know, say like, you know what? At least I gave it a shot. Yeah. And I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I feel like I wasted my time or I feel like I didn't love enough, you know? Yeah. So I, I guess that's a multi-pronged thing that I want to accomplish. But I want <clears> you're, everything, man. You're a deep thinker. I love it. I really do, <laughs> man. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate you coming down to the studio. It's been so nice to getting to know you, knowing more about your your background, about where your future is headed. Um, no spot response from your friend, first of all. <laughs> oh, hey, he hit me with four texts. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> first he responded to with ha 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 then he said uh guilty and then he said no what the fuck bro? <laughs> a pimp named Raphael uh, and I'm not gonna respond to this he's gonna be at his work just <laughs> questioning with this face on yeah. oh well thanks for enlightening I'm, I'm me take here a photo of this just so I can give him context there you go <laughs> I, yeah let me hold it <laughs> yeah yeah this man hmm is the culprit. Yeah. Turn it around. Oh, it's... There you go. Bam. Yep, it's... New phone, who dis? <laughs> there it is. 
That's awesome. That's a, such a fun game. Oh, it is. Especially the way we play it here. Right? I want to write my not, own. Uh-huh. That's what, yeah, we need to. Some yes. real devious ones. I totally agree. <clears throat> well, for those that want to kind of keep up with you, I know that you've got a pretty big following on TikTok mm. and but uh, maybe give everyone all your social uh, media profiles. Yeah, TikTok. I'm doing silly stuff. Be mm-hmm. Suhu is my handle on there. Okay. If you want to catch me making skits, um, comedy content, stuff like that. I'm looking at the camera because now I'm talking to the audience. That's right. Um, and also on Instagram, uh, you could catch up to just like what I'm doing in my life. I post a lot of my stories, updating, and you know, posting a uh, cute selfies. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while so I, yeah those are where I'm most active would be Instagram and TikTok awesome yeah. well, my business email's on there if y'all want to hit me up there it is well uh, again thank you Brandon appreciate you coming down look forward to seeing uh, a lot of these projects come to fruition in the theaters and on TV and going to Cambodia and eating that burger that you worked so hard to create. come on by yeah yes. first one's on me but second one you gotta pay for it <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. This has been the Jason Hennessy Podcast. This show is produced by Whitney Welsh and Jenna Kershaw, engineered and edited by Josh Fisher, and recorded at Hennessy Studios. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 